waiting. It's Valentine's Day. She went to Lainey and touched her forehead to her sister's. We're okay. We're doing okay, right? It's Valentine's Day. I'm such a loser. Lainey's eyes welled. Yes, of course, we're okay. The sisters hugged tight. Inside the hug, they were nearly identical in stature and build. Apart, blonde Lainey, blue-eyed with pale skin and an open visage. Brunette, brown-eyed Anna with tawny skin and a face that revealed itself slowly. Yet, definitively sisters. Anna said, You do make a fine cup of tea, I'll give you that, and... Lainey waited for the parting shot. You're almost good at manipulating me. Do not let her have that phone. Before Christmas, when Joanna came home from Sloan Kettering for the last time, Lainey moved back home, too, to help. She was secretly relieved to flee the clutter and grime of expensive floor-through rooms she shared with three others in Brooklyn. Aside from the circumstances, being home was a respite from watching for signs of what to do with her life. In her first year as an official grown-up after the four-year undergraduate fairy tale in Boston, Lainey was tired of her Boston-Brooklyn friends and their opinions, their naivete and cynicism, their distressed clothes and hair and outlooks, and most of all, their healthy mothers. She was tired of alcohol and technology, which had turned once friends into posers with poor eye contact, all of whom seemed unable to form a sentence without reaching for a device. She worked as an intern, helping the former hippie boomer publishers deploy social media at Personal Growth and Human Development Books, PGHD, the company where her mother had been an editor. But that gig was on hold for the duration. She'd had to leave every normal thing, pals and work and mindless fun, everything with which her friends were preoccupied, outside the dying mother bubble she inhabited. Tray in hand, she tapped her toe at the bedroom door and whispered, Mama? Her mother drifted, drugged in her blue bed at the Titania, the Art Deco apartment building, standing sentinel over 103rd Street and Riverside Drive. The bedroom's windows were high enough and wide enough so that the Hudson River was a presence. The river, flat glass or chop, showed on the mirrored closet doors, the watery reflection shimmered like a lure across the bed, catching the sun's rise and set and the moods of the moon. Always cold, her mother had huddled and gone small under blue quilts. All Lainey could see was the beanie that Anna had bought a couple of years back at a skateboard shop downtown on Lafayette, white with an embroidered black skull, when the skull was still ironic. Joanna was attached to the hat. Lainey hated seeing it on her mother's head, daring death. Joanna had stopped eating. Bringing tea was all Lainey could think to do. She set the tray down on the night table as quietly as she could. Joanna moaned from inside a dream. They'd moved to the Titania five years before, and there were still unpacked boxes in basement storage, mostly her grandparents' things, or things in limbo from their old life, 
that her mother hadn't been ready or willing to sort through. Lainey had brought up a few boxes to go through, a project, something to distract her mother and herself from the exhausting mix of drama and tedium that is caregiving. She started with cartons that looked the oldest, liquor boxes, advertising brands she never heard of, marked Loretta, her grandmother's things. She took up a spot on the floor at Joanna's bedside, slit through yellowed tape, opened cardboard flaps, unwrapped glass, ceramic porcelain vessels and dishes, plaques and ashtrays, figurines, once precious, now useless, stopping now and then to smooth and read from crumpled newspaper. Laney, at least, was diverted by the treasures and thought it would lift her mother's spirit to see Loretta's porcelain cup and saucer show up in rotation.